Thanks for tuning in to McNamara on Money, a podcast about all things financial. On this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's not the case with callers we may speak to on this show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Listeners to this podcast need to check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. And good morning, everyone. This is Pat Harridan from Lockton Companies in Boston. As you heard from Mike sitting in for Mike and the McNamaras, who have a well-deserved day off. Our first hour, we had a guest, Jade Monahan from Ann Derringer up in, she was physically in northern New England, but as we learned, has company locations throughout the country in Canada and also employees in about 28 different states. So now we're going to the southern part of New England. Tim, we're going to somewhere in Connecticut with our guest for the second hour, Liz Henderson, who's the Director of Employee Benefits at Sacred Heart University. Good morning, Liz. Good morning, Pat. Thank you for inviting me. It's quite an honor. Oh, no, the honor is all Tim and I. So yes, yes. You, we, we, good Good to be good to be on this. I don't know what the what's the we don't Tim doesn't have good weather for Connecticut. What's the weather there, Liz, this morning? So I have the sun shining through, and the air quality seems to be much better, better? than it was yeah. a few days ago. <laughs> yes, and I'm in Fairfield, Fairfield because okay. I just didn't trust the cell service, so oh. I wanted to have a landline go back in. As the a day. radio producer, I greatly appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Better. Better quality, better quality for a good show. But no, thank you, Liz, for for joining us. The theme for the people who are joining in this hour too. Normally, when I am on, we usually talk about employee benefits in detail. Whether it's benefits, we talk in the fall about open enrollment. We talk about Medicare, Social Security during those open enrollment times for our retirees out there. But today and for the last couple of shows, I've been trying to focus on a little bit broader human resources, but also getting into the benefits from the practitioner point of view, the people doing the work at at various employers. And Liz has been kind enough to join us. And Liz, like I said to, to Jade, our audience sort of runs the gamut from we've got, and again, people are listening live, kind of in Eastern Mass, but online, they could be anywhere. Typically, are they're either employees of organizations, they're business owners, they are people in HR and benefits, some retirees, and then some students. So people who are thinking about or may not be decided about their sort of future. And I have my, as I mentioned earlier, I have my Framingham State Masters in Human Resources program students listen in. And I think you, didn't you, you spoke with our students, I think. At, I did. Uh, yes. I did. Yes. I had a great opportunity that they were very engaging. Yes. Yeah, so we graduated a few. We still have some to go, continue to go through the program. But my course is, is employee benefits where we get down in the weeds, which we'll do a little bit here today. But let's start, as James Lipton likes to say, let's start at the beginning, Liz. And you sent sure. me your 
I, you can do it better justice than I have, but what I try and get out of these is to give our listeners a sense of who you are, your background, how you got to benefits and HR, and then how you got to Sacred Heart. So if you want to spend a few minutes letting people know how you got there, I think that will help in our conversation. Sure, and I appreciate the varied audience as well as the opportunity. <laughs> and as you are very well, oh, first, let me make sure that I congratulate those graduates because that's ah, a, yes. a huge, especially coming out of a couple of tough years. So yes, and, that, and the definitely graduation have, was in person this year for the master's fantastic, program. Fantastic, so fantastic. We'll talk about that. That impact on students all too well. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm currently a director of employee benefits for a medium-sized private university, and we are located in Fairfield, Connecticut. And what is really interesting and which many of the listeners may identify with is that employee benefits, no one, I don't think I've ever come across anyone that does it on purpose. I think they just land there. So it's something that is now just recently been really getting some leverage as far as understanding that there it's not just an open enrollment thing anymore. It's a, an ongoing rolling. We have new hires all the time. We have offboarding all the time. So it's an ever-changing opportunity to be able to just be diverse and diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging is all woven through the fabric, which today with the Pride Parade, shout out, shout out there to Boston. And really, I've been with the university for eight years. And prior to that, I have 20 plus years of working on the insurance side with carriers and also as a broker and a consultant. I have the gray hairs to prove it, Pat. Yeah, thank God. (laughs) Thank God this is radio, Liz, because I do as well. And if I remember right, so Jade's degree was in, Jade, I don't know if you listened to Jade on before, but she her degree undergraduate was journalism. And I thought yours was like education or something. Yes, right? yeah. So my education, my bachelor's in elementary ed, and I had a specialty in special education. And that was with autism, actually, as my, my, my beginning started with running group homes for developmentally challenged adults, excuse me, and I actually focused with autism, and then I worked my way toward the corporate life, actually, because my situation changed a couple of years later, and I went toward corporate and started in with the, on the insurance side as a, a billing representative, and then introduced myself to a, a, a lot of what many of the people listening also can identify with is a, a lot of getting into the weeds and having several accounts that I had to handle and it was a, a great start to the insurance world and that's how I just ended up falling there on just on accident. So I started as a billing rep and then moved my way to be an account manager for insurance companies and that's where I a lot of my experiences really had its foundation. From there went toward the employer side and also from the consulting perspective. 
So again, to all those people listening out there who may think about an HR or benefits career, it doesn't really matter what your undergraduate degree is in. <laughs> Correct. And then I'm also fortunate to be able to take advantage of the opportunity within the university. And now I'm just one week away from gaining my master's degree in data analytics. So oh, wow. it's been very exciting for me. Oh, so, congratulations. Uh, yes. yes, thank you very much. Yes, it's funny. I, I always say among benefits, I had Amanda Bailey on from Boston University. University. She's the VP of HR there. And I think it was either earlier this year or late last year. And I said, if I knew, and I don't know if this is true either, I'm testing it with you, Liz. If I knew about the tuition remission benefit, I would have entered academia a long time ago. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's a really nice benefit. It's very difficult, however, to hold, you do your classes as well as hold a full-time position yes. that varies in so many ways. Yes. So it's quite a character building. Yeah, no, it's it's funny. The And we have another, I won't name it, but we had a client in another state and part of their state system, I don't think UMass is like that here, but their state system had a benefit program and ev almost everyone in that town worked for the uh, for that college or university until their kids were out of college. <laughs> so sure. it's very because it, again it, the way even an in-state tuition can sometimes be half for their children to go. It was like half their salary. Right. They were getting a right. you know, incredible benefit. But yeah, college, right. I, I think y college is again you're unique in a number of different ways, which we'll talk about in a second. As, as so many ways applies to COVID <laughs> and others. But yeah. so you ended up. So in your, I'll ask you similar questions to Jade, but maybe in reverse order. And then talk a little bit about for those that aren't familiar or. A plug for those with children who are thinking about going to college. Tell us a little bit about Sacred Heart, locations, number of students, academic programs that, that you know of, Thanks, things like that. Sure. So I will leave. I am specific. My knowledge is specific to an employee. So I yeah. will leave those details to <laughs> our website uh, as far as the number of students. But I can tell you that the university oh. has been growing. And what's really unique about the culture of higher ed as well, and you tapped into it a little bit with the tuition remission benefit, is that there's really a culture of a, a family type of scenario. So it's much different from a corporate setting, and there's not ever one person that's making decision. It's all collaborative, and it makes it a really nice cultural situation, especially when you're watching when people utilize that tuition remission. You're watching their children graduating and then possibly entering the workforce, even within Sacred Heart. So we have many graduates from our own university that are now full-time employees, which is really another unique opportunity. Yes, no, it is. Yeah. And do you, from a location standpoint, do you obviously, I know you have online learning, but from a location, do you just yes. have the one 
campus or the multiple? So that's where our main, we have, we a couple of years ago actually took over the GE property. And so oh, now yeah. we've grown in that capacity where we have our main campus. And then uh, about a mile and a quarter away, we have the GE property, which is now the, our, considered our West Campus. We also have a nursing school, actually a school of nursing and health professions, and that's about a mile down the road as well with a new building that as soon as we built the building, we were actually tapped out. So we're extending and renovating so that we have that further opportunity for growth there as well. And so then we also have many employees, faculty and staff and administration that are online as well over several states, probably around 40 states at this point. So we're quite all over the place and it's really an exciting experience. And for someone who came from the insurance side, I, we always talk in eligible employees for the right, benefits. Right. So I started in 2015 with about 600 eligible employees and now we have around 1,100 eligible employees. <laughs> so wow. it's quite the growth in less than eight years. Yeah, and so I took your advice while you were talking and I went to the website, which I will tell you because I want people to go to the careers section too, but it's sacred. Heart, S-A-C-R-E-D-H-E-A-R-T dot E-D-U, and that's Sacred Heart University in Connecticut. I'm sure there are several Sacred Heart universities out there. There just, are. Just make sure you get the one in Connecticut. And it's much bigger than I thought. There, It says there on the website 10,000 students. Um, yeah. So you've got the majority are full-time undergrads, but interesting. Good stats on the on the page for the parents out there. 100% of the graduates are currently working. It's a looks like a pretty hard school to get into though the average high school gpa is 365 but from a from a as you said from an employee standpoint so you have obviously a challenge from a benefit standpoint you've got faculty you've got administration you've got administrative and obviously when you think about a i think jade was talking about they have 500 employees and 200 job descriptions, but you have to run a campus of buildings that you just described, so you need all of those those Mm -hmm. types of specialties, but also faculty, you've got students, some some cases you've got student employees, but from a benefits standpoint, and obviously you're, I'm going to guess that Sacred Heart has a Catholic-based or faith-based, even though it's lay, it's lay, probably led by lay people, it still has that Catholic component. We call it Catholic tradition. Okay, Yes, and we respect the diocese and really invite that framework, but then also we have diverse populations and so we really are a liberal arts school as well. So Mm -hmm. as many algorithms that you could imagine, (laughs) we're we're it. (laughs) Let's talk, we can set up the, because I want to talk about benefits on the second segment, but just talk about COVID for a second from your perspective, benefits. Obviously, in compare and contrast, Jade's, most of her people were essential, and I'm not saying that college and faculty aren't essential, but they had to get goods and service, goods and supplies throughout the country, move them through. Obviously, because I did have a, too, when you have a student in college, things change dramatically 
from education, but also, I'm sure, from a benefits perspective, because obviously you've got, for a couple of years there, you had mainly remote, did you? I don't know. So how did, briefly, how did COVID impact you? We just had to keep it moving. So we (laughs) had essential staff, including public safety and campus operations that remained here because also we have international students as well. So we really needed to accommodate uh, from many perspectives. And even domestically, some of the students were here and needed to be attended to. So we did have a task force that had representation from many different areas across the university that really did an awesome job with the assistance of outside tutelage basically from a medical director perspective and to be really responsible as far as making sure we accommodate safety as as well as from a medical standpoint. But very quickly, we moved to working to remote situations for a majority of our employees. And I have to say, we really did keep it moving. There were some benefits that we had to put on hold so that we could just make sure that we still sustained much of what we needed to do from a basic standpoint. And of course, never having met into this situation, we just had to be aware and do some really responsible things from a fiduciary area as well. So it was quite the ride. (laughs) And we're still feeling the effects, but uniquely, there were some benefit items that we had already addressed and put into place ahead of time, like telemedicine, which the August of 2019, we rolled it out on an off cycle because we're a January renewal. So we did an off cycle telehealth, which also included mental health. Uh, So it was really some foreshadowing there, which we had no idea. (laughs) But (laughs) what made it easy was that we didn't have to be one of the companies that was struggling at the very height of panic. Some of the framework was already in place. So that was really a nice way to to look back at seeing some of the, the benefits that really just kept continuous. Access of care, on the other hand, was another challenge, but we at least had the framework to work upon. And working from home, our IT area definitely hit some bumps and bruises along the way, but we're very quick and they really helped us out. And I think communication was the key overall, as well as making sure that all of our senior leaders, as well as the people responsible for those items with keeping us safe, they did an awesome job of communicating. And do you find or did you know from a state's number of, you mentioned number of states because of the online, did the number of states you had employees in increase after COVID or because of COVID or did you pretty much stay A little bit, a little bit. We had already had several states in play, but I think just by the nature of the trend of people wanting to have flexibility has really 
just kept it moving. But we were already there again. We also had our framework in place, so it's easier to accommodate. It's just a decision-making with making sure that we keep people on the ground that needed to be on the ground, especially during those times of being at risk. But we've just kept that as an ever-flowing situation. Yeah, and like you said, so from a, we'll talk afterwards about the specific benefits for those people, but just to obviously different industries were impacted just differently from the pandemic. After the break, I'm going to talk, we'll talk a little bit more specifics about the benefits and how you guys think about benefits, given the, again, the fact that you've got a sort of a unique workforce from a, from a, not only from the generations, but just from the type of employee. So we're talking with Liz Henderson from Sacred Heart after the break. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. And we're back. This is Pat Harridan from Lockton Companies in Boston, sitting in for the McNamara's. Today we're talking employee benefits and human resources. And for the last segment and for the last half hour, we've been talking with Liz Henderson, who's the Director of Employee Benefits at Sacred Heart University in Connecticut. And before the break, Liz, we talked a little bit about the yeah, the COVID impact, the changing workforce. Let's talk a little bit now just about your philosophy. Oh, I should ask you similar questions. So you've got about, you said about 1,100 benefit eligible employees now in 2023. Correct. And what's, Correct. how mm-hmm. big is your staff on the benefit side? So I'm in the HR department and I happen to be, so I did have a benefits consultant right before COVID happened that decided to take an early retirement. (laughs) And so I really utilize my resources to be able to tap into our vendor partners really well and also to switch the mic. I'm one of those that loves to be paperless, so I ran into opportunities at those points to do a lot of things, like for instance, with the retirement, going to auto enrollment and things of that nature, so we have self-service modules and really grew our resources to be able to utilize from that standpoint, so in the future, hope to have someone that will be reporting to me so that we can really work collaboratively, but as a department, we really shift some of those responsibilities around. So we have around 13 employees that are in our department. And so we're quite quite the machine. <laughs> <laughs> and then ever changing and growing as well. And so you have to, you said, obviously you're utilizing a lot of technology to help administer yeah. your benefit programs. Correct. And Correct. And you mentioned your one one. So your open enrollment is held in the fall usually? Yes, I hold it around November, and then I also make it an active 
active because we're yes. an active enrollment. So that means that I invite the entire university to look at all of our benefits because that's our opportunity to shine and to be able to offer a lot of benefits that employees don't even realize that they have. So it's really just reintroducing them to everything that it can be available for them because we're I'm constantly working on our portfolio to make sure that we retain and we and really recruit talent. And so that's really a huge focus in that area. And it really goes ni- quite naturally from there to be able to just go and make sure that we try to keep people happy and, and really grow their awareness to this ever-changing health care situation that we try to make it from mayhem to being merry about (laughs) looking at different things. So I take every opportunity possible to educate employees on how to really gain access in a positive way and to be able to navigate the healthcare system in the United States. Yeah, and how do you, I meant to ask Jade this, how do you, when you do your active open enrollment, how do you do the communication piece of that because obviously a long time ago we used to do open enrollment meetings in person (laughs) Uh, but how do you communicate Mm -hmm. with the population now Jade? Right. So the modes of being able to communicate, we have a couple of areas where we do that. We have an employee benefit portal where we invite them to look at all of the information. We also have a self-service component within our payroll system so that they can look at the options that are available to them. Many times strategically, I'm really starting from trying to keep everything as status quo. We're at a point where we We've met our benefits, uh, our benefits overall, just the plans and the structure of those benefits in a way that we're very comfortable and we ease the the confusion so that we don't have many options so that we can just really have people understand their benefits and the way that I in the day back in the day we used to do big open enrollment meetings where everyone is very familiar with the you have a lot of people who just look at everything and then you little by little have nobody coming to those meetings so the way that I have structured it over the years is that I run info sessions that are very focused. So I see as the questions come through on certain benefits, then I just focus on that for an info session. And much of it is virtual. So virtual, uh, through Zoom, through Teams, things of that nature. And so much of our communication, it is through email. Unfortunately, that is overwhelming for a lot of people, but we're looking at different options and other modes of being able to communicate that as well. So we're constantly trying to keep that new and fresh so that we appeal to all generations as well. As you can imagine, that is quite a challenge. We're always welcome to that. Again, it's a collaborative effort through all the different departments. And I sometimes put my feet on the ground and then just invite myself into the department meetings that they have. <laughs> so it's very outside the box. Anything that's outside the box, I'm always welcoming for that, <laughs> those opportunities. <laughs> yeah, we have some, I don't know what 
instruction software used, but we have some college and university clients that during open enrollment, they don't allow, or once the employee logs in to their daily email or daily system, it won't let them get past the screen unless they go to their benefits and do something like they can't get past yeah. that firewall unless they at least look at the benefits look they may at them. yeah they may Correct. confirm yeah they may confirm everything's <laughs> the same but at least having them do that yes we are looking at something similar to mm-hmm. and we also are very good at tracking and really reminding people over and they have the not so much as a you know, wall of shame but it's more yeah. of a, okay remember <laughs> if you don't pick what you want then you're not going to have something after January so they're like oh you're right Liz there's no. the sorries the sorry sorry and that's been the challenge with employee benefit communication, especially to, and most colleges and universities, they joke about it, but it's true. And these are, this is true of, we have a lot of law firm clients, accounting firm clients, very engineering, very smart people, but they still are not as educated about benefits as they perhaps should be. So they do, and they're all, and they're typically not the ones that would ask for help. So usually proactively giving them that support is helpful. And the other thing that we found, and a lot of our listeners are probably going through this, is now that the sort of emergency or COVID or whatever has ended, rules are becoming a little bit stricter. It used to be, yeah. hey, I get it. You can't get us that form or you can't, you need to get that notary, whatever it is, or a marriage certificate, birth certificate, whatever the sure. issue was, but those rules are starting to go away a bit. So that, uh, and it, I want to go back to the benefits in a second, but I want to make sure I get retirement in because I didn't get it in with, with Jay. Sure. Now you're a college, which is, again, different, a different type of employer, but what type of retirement plan does Sacred Heart offer? Sure. So we are non-for-profit. Oh, and just to add in also, because this comes into play when it comes to our retirement as well, we also use the old-fashioned, imagine this, USPS. Oh, yeah, mail, yeah. And because now, believe it or not, people are really paying more attention to their mail at home. Yeah, because they're home, yeah. (laughs) And and also it reaches the dependents that wouldn't normally get the Mm -hmm. message from the employee that works. So. So um, that's a a great mode. But we are non-for-profit, and so we do offer for 3B and defined contribution as well as annuities. So it's a very, this has been an exciting time where our focus this year in particular is on getting everyone ready for retirement. And what's really unique and interesting to watch is the trend of the generation that's entering into the workforce being so interested in the retirement plans. And so I really debunk a lot of myths when it comes to educating the population to let them know that, no, it's not just the people that are knocking on the door. We also have a unique situation where our demographics are a little higher than most industries, and much of that is for the reason that, for instance, with faculty, they love what they do and they want to continue to teach and so there are many times that uh, they, you'll find people that are, are not retiring until 
way later. We also have the opportunity for employees to go from a full-time situation into a part-time adjunct position or a part-time staffing position as well. So we do have some challenges from all ends of the perspective, but then we have our, and that's why I really focused on that auto-enrollment. And then I drive all of the employees right to our website, to our record keeper, who happens to be TI. I will definitely give them a plug because they've been (laughs) fantastic as far as being a player who really is a true partner for us and a resource that we wouldn't be able to do without them as far as really reaching our audience as far as making sure that they have all of the compliance in place and so that works really well to collaborate with them as well. And on a regular basis, just going back to my info sessions, on a monthly basis, I make sure that I offer info sessions so that, and they're just 15 minutes and this is something that's valuable information for people to think about. Just have a 15 minute meeting rather than put that typical hour meeting. These 15 minute meetings, people really attend them. I have so much engagement for that and since we've gone into that formatting because it really just, I do a demo and then answer questions and so it really keeps people looking at the website too and looking at their retirement and it it really gives some purpose not only for them once they're into retirement but purpose along the way so that they can really think about what they're working toward as far as that next chapter or if they're looking at the investment and then what by natural attrition happens is that they're looking at the everyday market and this is great for a financial radio show to really have that industry be really they tap into those resources as well. Yeah, and I think we talked about this before, Liz. Do you guys, some do, I know some don't, do you guys offer any sort of retire benefits to your retirees at all? We at this time do not, uh, but they, for their retirement plans, they can stay with the retirement plans we offer right. so they can re- remain looking at the 403B benefits that, that they have. But for from a medical perspective, right. we do have a lot of education where it comes to teaching people about Medicare and Social Security, helping them with that transition as well. So we do have some partners that are available because not everyone wants to hear my voice all the time. (laughs) So it's nice to have guests to come in and be able to offer that opportunity as well as giving the diversity that needs to be there as as far as meeting all populations to make sure that we are serving and representing all of our employees and where they are. We really like to meet them where they are as well as getting that feedback from the employees so that we know where we need to go instead of assuming that that we know what they want to do. That's what we talked about with, with Jade earlier. Sometimes what we think isn't what they're thinking. And, Correct. And you'd be surprised, but we do a show 
or I do a show and the McNamara's do a show as well because it ties into the retirement, as you mentioned. I do a show in the fall. I think it's November, right before open enrollment for Medicare or during open enrollment for Medicare with a Social Security expert that we use similar to what you do and a Medicare expert because I find it fascinating that those two programs, which for the most part people have paid into all their lives, uh, they know the least about them. They right. think that it's magic on how the benefit gets calculated <laughs> when in, in essence, it's very easy to get that estimate. But just for, and I think I find this a lot at colleges and universities where you mentioned that some of the professors are scared to retire because they right. don't understand that, you know, what the benefits are because you provide such a generous right. package. They want to, whatever the minimum, I know if I had, if I was going to retire, I'd say, Liz, what are the minimum number of courses I need to teach to get my, <laughs> to right. keep my benefits? But benefits. I think that for all, as we get in, it's particularly obviously because of just the <laughs> education needed to be a professor, college universities probably have a higher percentage of people working past 65 than most other industries. But we see this in almost every industry that people are not retiring at 65. Correct. And uh, until it changes, right now Medicare is age 65 and Social Security, at least the full retirement age, is 67 for most uh, most listeners. And really the full benefit, for so the maximum benefit for Social Security is around age 70. So again, people are living longer with their medical uh, or technology improving. Uh, so it's, that's important. I'm curious as, as to, from a generational perspective, like from a, and how do you think about offering benefits? Jade had mentioned they've got two different programs because they've got obviously people have been there 40 years people have been there four days how do you go about thinking about your medical plans and what types of plans you offer at the university sure so we do offer a traditional copay plan and a high deductible health plan (laughs) and the university does contribute to the health savings account and that ties in nicely with the transition from talking about the retirement and also the generational with the Medicare involved because we have such high enrollment in our high deductible health plan, we have around 825 enrolled in one of those plans, which makes us just short of, and if in just looking at the industry, when you're trying to find resources to help you out there, anytime you're under a thousand employees, you really are, <laughs> are looking at some of the benefits that could be really re- very much easier but there are a lot of companies that won't really look at you unless you're over a thousand enrolled. But so we're right at that spot where we do offer a lot of benefit to offering our contribution to the health savings account. And so with that parlay between Medicare, Social Security, is my spouse on Medicare and those types of questions. So I definitely will share and promote your radio show and your podcast to to that as well because I'm all about that because anything that helps people it's really just providing me the access and resources and sometimes they really look to others to be 
able to just have some guidance because it's such a daunting situation when you go and look to cover your loved ones, right? It's just something that is really woven within our fabric to make sure that we're offering as much as possible. For the most part, as you can imagine, we are self-insured, which means that we pay our own claims. So I do have masked data that I look on a very on a weekly basis and then really look at the overall analytics for the month so that I'm watching it on a regular basis. So I do see needs and we've pretty much come to a stable situation where from a plan design, we've had a similar plan design because what I don't want to have is disruption for the employees because I don't want their access to care to be really marred at all. And so they do become very familiar with the situations. They do talk a lot amongst each other and it's a lot of word of mouth. So I have a little under 200 people that take the traditional co-pay plan situation and I call that the plan where they're paying for the convenience to just go and pay a co-pay when they see the doctor. And it does eliminate a lot of the paperwork that might come along with the high deductible health plan. But I really, what I love about the high deductible health plan is that you're teaching people of what's really going on out there and what uh, that consumer driven situation and how those expenses are really happening. And I really like to be a disruptor within our community so that they can really learn to look outside also because yes, we do have vendor partners, but then we also look at healthcare overall and their access. Because what you don't want to have happen is because mental health is a situation. It's been a situation even before COVID, right? right? Mm-hmm. That mental well-being is just so important for us whenever the people run into those situations just to make sure that they have resources that they can tap into. And we're very clear with our vendor partners that this is what our focus is. It, it does that the core of what we offer is education. So that's really where it stands as far as that. So giving tools on top of that education is something that's really important. And our vendor partners really help us with that as well as other resources that, and many times people will say to me, especially other people that sit in the same seat that I do, they'll say, oh, we don't have a budget. And I'll say, (laughs) believe it or not, we really don't have a budget, much of a budget either. And my Much of the time, and especially in my first two years, I actually inadvertently looked like a rock star, but they had those resources all along. It was just a matter of tapping into the vendor partners to have them really provide with the tools and resources to be able to go in and let employees know this is what's available on your, we happen to partner with Aetna, so Aetna has this website, so go here and just really use those resources. And that, that that's truly where I'm just really a conduit and yeah, pointing no. people in the right direction. I think that sometimes employees, and this is why I do this with you as professionals, is they don't understand all the work behind the scenes. They just think, oh, every year they send me the same benefits to pick from, but there's really some thought behind it and some some strategy, which is refreshing. Absolutely. So we've got three minutes left. 
I'm going to ask you the rapid fire questions and I will cheat because I already know the answers because I asked you the same questions at, in class. But so this is mainly for my students, but a good learning exercise. Sure. So what do you do f as far as your leaves? Do you have a third party or do you administer the leaves in house? Yeah, so we actually work with a vendor partner with our leaves, and if you're all familiar with, I know you're in Massachusetts, but yep. Connecticut, when they rolled out their paid leave, they needed to do it differently than any other state, so that's quite the challenge. So we do work with a vendor partner that really helps us with those communications, and then we're working with improving the opportunities for possible apps that might be able to help the participant when they do have to meet a lead. Mm -hmm. We do work without um, vendors. That's, that's, the, mm -hmm. that's the answer I like to hear. And what about COBRA? So remember COBRA for our listeners, yes. that's the uh, the law that allows people to continue coverage under certain circumstances. Do you do that yourself or do you have a third party? Actually, I work with the same vendor partner that offers, we offer our FSA oh, flexible flexible spending, spending accounts yep. through. We also have COBRA as well as any billing situations for like our unpaid leave employees that they take some time off and I need to still keep their benefits going. They have to pay through mm -hmm. that. And so what really makes that helpful is that with the COBRA, there's also an opportunity for me when we're off-barding to also let them know there are other options through healthcare.gov and to look at different things and make them aware of the 60 days that they have to decide and things of that nature and yep. just have them understand that as well. Yep. No, great. All right. Last question, Liz. we got 45 seconds. We actually have more, but Tim's going to start playing music soon. Sure. What would be your advice to someone who, out there thinking about going into either human resources or benefits? And now you have 40 seconds. <laughs> okay. Just in general, well-being for yourselves and really look at all of the options. It's really, if you're looking for something that gives you a little bit of everything and then you can get just continue with your work-life balance and really just keep that in mind. I think benefits, employee benefits would really benefit from having you. Yes, no, great advice, Liz. No, thank you. I want to thank Liz for taking the time and actually going in the office to do this. That was very good. nice of you, Liz. So Liz is the Director of Employee Benefits at Sacred Heart University in Connecticut. And my first guest was Jade Monahan, Director of Human Resources at A.N. Derringer in Vermont, but locations everywhere. But thank you, Liz. Really appreciate your advice and good luck this year. And hopefully you'll be able to enjoy some nicer weather. Yes, thank you, Pat. I really enjoyed the opportunity. Take Great. care. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, and Bye -bye. we'll see you next week.